Welcome back, Missio family. Today, you will hear Pastor Josh Yusebi wrap up a series about who we are and where we find our identity. Members of Missio Church will talk about the six rhythms. If you have any questions about Missio, you want to join a missional community, or you have any prayer requests, please reach us at missio.life. Well, good morning and welcome. It's good to have you here with us. And if we haven't met, my name is Josh. I'm a pastor here at Missio. Uh, you see some Christmas decorations up. We're, we're not quite starting our Christmas series yet. That'll be next week. This series is kind of a snapshot of who we are as a church. We've had a lot of new folks joining us. And today is going to be a bit of a wrap-up of that series. And you're going to get to hear from some of the families uh, amongst Missio. And they're going to share some of their stories following Jesus together. We're learning what does this look like and grow more and more like Him. Uh, last week, we had Caesar and Tina with us. They did an everyday disciple training, you know, if you'd like those files, if you'd like to listen to them. Uh, but it was just such a blessing to have them with us, and Kay's been just very, very life-giving and impactful for us, transformative. And so we started with the power of the gospel. Our church is, is built around the gospel. So it works in three ways. The power to save us in the present right? From our current, what we're going on through our lives, the gospel's good news. It's good news for today, and it's good news for the future. And it, the gospel is big. And I think that's one of the things we're just about me and my afterlife. It's about the whole thing, right? It stretches into eternity. And we talked about how there's the purpose of the gospel. Why have we been saved? We know what we've been saved from, our sins. That's, that's the gospel, right? And God's writing this grand story, from creation. He created the world, and it extends on, oh, my life isn't just about me and my personal happiness and my family and my stuff. I, I, I actually think about our identity, uh, that we live as a family, right? That as we're immersed in our identity, as we're baptized, so as we're immersed in water, it's symbolic, right, of our new identity. We become alive in Christ we become the servant. We find our servant identity in the Son and the missionary identity, right? The Spirit is going out into the world, drawing people to faith. We get our missionary identity from the Spirit. And so all of these things tie together. And I know that probably seems like a lot. And if you're here for the first time, you're like, what is he talking about? What is all this? Um, and so I just say, you know, if you've been with us for a little while and a lot of this seems like a lot to take in, it is. So just be patient you don't just flip a switch and, and kind of integrate all of this stuff immediately. But as we learn to grow as disciples of Jesus, as we learn to live out these identities, it, it's so much fun, and, it, and it's just the way that God intended us to live, right? And so um, the gospel literally means good news, and it, and it flows out of every part of us and into every area of our life. So that was a bit of a recap of where we've been as a church, right? And, and that, that's where we're going. We're growing in our gospel fluency. We're living out of our identities. And it all comes back to um, how God's created us in His image. And so today, what I want to do, I want to spend the rest of our time putting some very practical things into place. So, so we say, well, yeah, that sounds great. I want to be a part of God's family. I want to live on mission. I want to serve people. That, that's all well and good. But what does that look like? How do we do that? And so this message is going to be very practical, a lot of kind of how-to and stories, uh, maybe to give you a picture of what it looks like to live in the family of God as servants and missionaries, okay? So it's a little bit different type of message. It's not going to be as heavy on teaching, but I want it to really be practical. 
Because last time I checked, we're all pretty busy, right? Anybody in here busy? Any, anybody want more stuff in your schedule? Like, no, let's get rid of some stuff, right? And so if we say, well, I want to follow Jesus, I want to live this life of discipleship, then it's not just about adding a bunch more stuff to our already busy lives. I don't need more stuff in my life, and you probably don't either. And so what we find out is it's less about adding more things to your life, and it's more about redeeming the things you're already doing, finding ways to bring the good news of the gospel into things that you're already doing in your everyday life. And and it's, uh, as a church, we've been very intentional to not like program a bunch of things and have a bunch of events and activities because we don't want to just busy up your lives. We want to help you walk in the ways of Jesus in the everyday stuff, Monday through Saturday, and then we gather Sunday and we do this and it's great. But right, we're the church seven days a week. And so, um, I don't know if you realize this, but humans all over the world, doesn't matter what time frame or culture or background, humans live in certain rhythms. And we've, we've taught on this before around Missio. Um, we all live in certain rhythms of life. And as, as we learn to see those rhythms through the gospel and the opportunities that we have, that's when we learn to live all of life as disciples of Jesus. And so we're going to blitz through these rhythms. There's a lot of them. There's six of them. So buckle up, and we're, hopefully you can take some notes, and uh, we're going we're to show you how living this lifestyle following Jesus is very natural, and it's very easy to do when you kind of start to see the rhythms as opportunities, right? Okay, so the first one we're going to talk about is eating. Some of you are going, that's easy, sign me up, right? We just did this for Thanksgiving, and we're really good at it. We're all like pros at the eating rhythm. So we all eat three meals a day, most people, unless you're fasting, seven days a week, 21 meals a week, right? Seven days? Yeah. So do my math. I'm not real good at math. Um, So we eat. We all know how to eat. And it's crazy because when you sit down to eat with somebody across a table, what happens is we're saying, I have a need. My body needs nutrients. I need food. I need fuel. And so does yours. So as we sit down at a table across from somebody, it kind of levels the playing field, doesn't it? Because we're saying, well, I have need and you have need. We have a common need. Let's sit here together and replenish our bodies. And so we eat things that give us fuel. Uh, Sometimes we eat things that don't give us fuel and have like no nutritional value. We were eating, what were those things, taquitos or whatever they were the other night? My wife and I were eating these things. No nutritional value whatsoever, but they made our mouths really hot. We're like chugging the milk and... But for the most part, when we eat, we're consuming things that refuel our body, right? Because because we have a physical need for food. And so we have an opportunity to sit down with other people. Many, many times a month, we can sit down across from people. And so Jesus regularly ate with his disciples, didn't he? He sat down with them and he ate meals. And if you read through the New Testament, you'll see that Jesus shared his table not only with his disciples, his closest friends, but he also shared meals with people who were very different from him. He shared meals with people who the religious leaders had written off. They said, well, they're, those are bad people. You shouldn't be hanging out with them. But Jesus did. He opened his table. This is what it says in Matthew eleven nineteen. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say, he's a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. 
but wisdom is shown to be right by its results. So Jesus was accused of being a drunk and being a a glutton, which means he abused food, right? And so Jesus never sinned, we know that, but he was around people who were abusing things, and and really Jesus knew that what they were trying to do is they're trying to fill something in their heart, a longing deep in their soul with substances, right? And so Jesus was misunderstood by the company that he kept. I wonder about us. Have you ever been misunderstood by the people you hang around with? You ever opened your table to people who thought differently than you, that act differently than you? And I wonder just the impact that this group of people in this room could make on our community if we just opened our table once in a while, maybe once a week, maybe once a month, to just invite people to sit down that level playing field, to hear their stories, to listen to them, to show them value by sharing a meal. It's, it's such a simple way to live with gospel intentionalities through this rhythm of eat. Now, I'm going to need a microphone if you could run that up to me real quick. Renee, would you come up? Renee's on. I'm going to introduce you. Um, she's newer to our Missio family. I'd say, what, about a month you've been around? Maybe a little yeah. bit? But Renee um, was going to tell us a little bit about how she has embraced this rhythm of eating and opening her table. So, Well, you can look at me and see that I love to eat. And you can look at all my children and see that they love to eat too. And so opening my table is not a hard thing because we eat a lot at my house, like we just do. And I love to cook. So um, I want to thank all of you here at Missio for really making me feel at home from the very first moment I came here. Like when God called me, uh, to leave Century. He did it when Missio started in 2020, and I disobeyed him and um, had every excuse in the world. And then he just said, I said, why, you know, don't I want to go to church today, Lord? And he said, because you're disobeying me, Renee. And so the next Sunday I was here repenting of that, but that's not what I want to share with you. So uh, God has been teaching me this, this life for a good 28 to 30 years. And this is the first place ever from Texas to North Dakota that I have found a place to live out the gospel, like to truly live it out. So uh, my kids uh, get very aggravated because our table is full a lot A lot of the time, it's their friends. I have one teenager who comes into my house who knows that the leftovers are saved for him, and he helps himself. But but last week, after the training, I felt like I was equipped, like Pastor Josh had equipped me for this life, like to do everything that the Bible had been teaching me and what I was trying to be obedient in. I have found my home here doing that. And my heart, it just rejoices. Like, it's hard for me to contain the joy that I have for Jesus. And so anyway, last week on Saturday, we finished the training. Well, I had a man who was bringing me beef. And um, I called him and said, do y'all want to eat supper with us? So I opened up my table, and sure enough, they ate with us. And we had a great conversation. He had been hurt in a church, and they are unchurched right now. They don't have a church home. They don't have a family that they belong to. And, you know, of course, I had to do a little inviting, and, you know, you're always welcome at Missio. And, and so 
I'll keep inviting, you know. But then Sunday, I, 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 my kids and I gather around the table at 3 o'clock to study Romans together. And they had a couple of their friends join, and that happens every Sunday. So when we got done studying, then the, my kids were hungry, so they had to eat. So we, uh, we had to feed everybody again, right? It just happened. You eat when you're around the table. So then I was like, okay, well, what else? Can, you know, I don't really just sit here and say, okay, what days of the week can I do it? Now, I had already been thinking in the training, okay, these are the days that I can for sure open my table. But I get up in the morning and I just said, Lord, what do you want to happen today? What people are you going to bring to me today to love and to, to be your hands and feet? And so that happened Saturday and Sunday. Monday was a little quiet. Tuesday was even quieter. Wednesday, well, you know, it's time to make pies for the big table, right? And, and my kids had asked me, my oldest had said, Mom, we don't want a lot of people around our table for Thanksgiving. We know how you are. You, you want to open it, but we want just you. And so I was like, well, what am I doing wrong that my kids are selfish, right? <laughs> so I brought it up in the training, and they said, well, Renee, it's not that they're selfish. It's that your kids need you too. You can't just keep you know, ministering to everybody in the world and forget your children here. So I ended up making a point last week to have lunch with my oldest. And then it ended up that we were able to do supper together. So she, her tank was full. She was done with mom. She was good. So, so I'm telling you that I'm not doing all this perfectly. I do not do this all right. But, but this is where I'm beginning to do it. And and so my, my heart is just to obey him. So yesterday I got a call and I was in the middle of paperwork for freedom and just doing, you know, I had things I had to do yesterday. I wanted to get my tree up and, you know, and I got a text from a, from a lady that was in one of my studies and she said, hey, when can we do coffee this week? I miss you. And I said, well, my schedule's packed this week. And, and then I remember that Zek had had his wisdom teeth out on Friday, and I was homebound. I said, well, hey, why don't you come over here today? I'll make coffee. i got a whole bunch of pie left over. And she came to my table. But she didn't leave. She ate supper with us last night, too. So we had pie and coffee at 2, and she ended up staying. But it was a great time to just minister to her. But here's the thing that happens. She ministered to me. She refreshed my spirit. See, when I left Century, I left a lot of my family. And I have been grieving for the relationships that I will miss because I won't see them on Sunday. And, you know, I live in Lincoln, and I know God has called me to this area. But, but he is, he's healing that, but he's giving me these women that, you know, just keep coming, you know, and so she's actually from Century, and she sat down, and she said, I just want to let you know that God has called me to teach the Wednesday night ladies study, Hmm. and that was huge for me, because when I have women who are hungry to hear the word of God and want to be taught, I don't I don't walk away from, like, I don't believe that. And it was really hard for me to say, okay, Lord, yes, I'll do this for you. But I'm telling you, when you step out and you do that hard thing and open your home and open your table, 
he steps into that. Like, he's in that. He's got them all planned out. So this morning, I get up, Lord, what do you want today? It's Sunday. Yay, I get to worship. I got a phone call. I got a text from two of my friends, and they said, you know, we can't get to church today. Would you come and get us? Girl, I am there. <laughs> so I just want to welcome Melissa and Jennifer today to the family here at Missio. But that is what God is doing in my life. So I just want to tell you, I'm not doing this perfectly. I'm just trying to be obedient one day at a time and do what he calls me to do in the next moment. So I just want to encourage you to say yes to Jesus. It's so great. All right, I think we can go home now, right? That's just the first one. So... We're going to move through these kind of quickly, but bless is the next rhythm. So eat is easy, right? We know how to eat. Bless, we've all probably been blessed at some point in our life, right? We can bless through word, action, or gift. So we can bless people with our words. We can do something. We can serve them, or we can give them a gift. Bless is a rhythm that's been around for a long time. Uh, God came up with it, obviously, and his people Israel he created them and, and he formed them as his people, called them as his people to be a blessing. This is what it says in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed." So as God's people, Israel, was, they were blessed to be a blessing. They were to show the nations around them what God was like. Now you fast forward to the church, to us, followers of Jesus, we're also blessed to be a blessing. And so wherever God has planted us, wherever he's put us, we can be a blessing to the people around us through word, action, or gift, right? And so I want to bring up um, uh, Spidells, do you want to come up here? They're going to share a little bit about this idea of bless and what this looks like and how they've been growing. And I think you'll hear this from everybody. We don't have this all figured out. We're not perfect, but we're learning. And so learn from the Spidells. Oh, boy. No pressure. I'm going to use my, my phone. It took a few notes. But um, we've been with Missio from almost the beginning. And um, it was really cool to see... Um, just the last couple summers, we did some summer nights in the park and some barbecues, and it was just so great to see the people just show up and just the, the conversations that happened and the relationships that began. We just would show up with um, a grill and some food and some really good music and sometime inflate, sometimes inflatables and just share with whoever was there and wanted to come, and it was just such a cool thing of just providing that opportunity for community um, it was just a huge blessing. So we, um, as a family, have been trying to do that a little bit better. And so this fall, we had an outdoor movie night. We borrowed some, the inflatable screen from Missio. And it was pretty last minute because it was as the weather was getting colder. And so we just sent a, a group text out to a bunch of neighbors and friends and teammates of our kids and um, sent a preview of the movie and didn't know who would show up or if it would work, but we went for it, and we provided some snacks and some drinks and um, blankets, because it was pretty cold, and um, people actually showed up. It was really fun. 
some people brought, neighbors brought apple cider, and some of my friends brought produce and a bunch of other snacks, and it was really, really great. Um, and I think next summer we'll try to do it a lot more often. But it was just cool to see who, who showed up and that, you know, that something that easy, just having that opportunity there can just bless us and, and others too. And then I help with a couple homeschooling groups in town. And um, one of the groups that we do does outdoor meetups and hikes. And um, the kids get together and just play and we hike. And the moms just really get to have community too. So it's just really great um, to see all of it happen. Um, we bundle up our kids in whatever you know the weather calls for. And then we usually all pack some snacks, and then we meet up. Sometimes, um, you know, the moms can get, we can get pretty vulnerable and just share the good stuff and the hard stuff and really get to know each other a little bit better while our kids play. And then we always have snacks for when, you know, it gets hard <laughs> when you're out hiking with the kids. And, you know, everyone wants to be carried at some point. Um, but when we always leave, our cups are always more filled than we leave um, it's a place where just everyone can belong wherever they're at, and it's just been such a huge blessing just to, to be able to provide that rhythm for them, too. And another group that we have, we meet at the Dream Center, and we um, learn together, and afterward, we um, pack the sack lunches for them. They have a breakfast program, so then they offer lunches for whoever comes. So then the kids and the moms pack lunches alongside each other. And it's just super cool to see the kids serve, they get excited, and I think it's such a huge, um, impactful thing for them to get to see their moms serve too. A lot of them have you know, babies on their hips while they're packing lunches, and it's just great to see. So I think Andy and I are just starting to realize just how impactful even just providing an opportunity for community is, and it's just been fun to kind of do that. That's awesome. Yeah, and so, Definitely. Thanks, guys. Um, being a blessing in your neighborhood, and I've seen that over and over as they've shared and hosted things. And, and if you think about blessing, maybe a, a good, good way to think of it is um, we live in such a way that demands a Jesus explanation. Like if you live generously or you're, you're kind and you're you know, a presence in your neighborhood or wherever you're at your workplace, that you live in such a way that it demands a Jesus explanation. Like, why are you like that? Why are you so kind? Why are you so generous? Well, because of how God has blessed me, how, how Jesus has been for me. So that's, uh, that's the second rhythm. The third one is story. Now, I'm willing to bet that since we came through those doors, there's been a lot of stories shared. Anybody shared a story this morning? How was your Thanksgiving? Well, we all got sick my, my mom's house, so that wasn't so great. Uh, how was deer season? Who got the big buck, right? Or uh, how about them Vikings? Any Vikings fans in here? My family, yeah. We're going to forget about that Cowboys game. So, uh. But anyway, we share stories. That's how we're wired. We're wired to relate to story. And God knows this. He built us this way. And so if you look at Scripture, two-thirds of the Bible is written in narrative form. There's a reason for that. Because we understand life through story. And so we, we talk about the story of God, like, because we, we all share stories, we hear stories, but how do we bring gospel intentionality into stories? And so the idea here is that we help people, as we listen to their stories, understand how all of our lesser stories fit into God's big story. 
right? That he is doing something very great that spans all of time and all creation and every person that he's ever made. And we help each other understand how our stories fit into God's great story. So one of the tools that we use around Missio is we call it the story of God or the story formed way. Uh, Caesar did a little bit of training on this and he talked about where it came from. The story of God was developed by Southern Baptist uh, missionaries, one, one guy in particular named John Witte, who had gone overseas to unreached people groups in Africa. And what they found is that they were trying to share the gospel with these people and these tribes that didn't have the Bible translated into their language. And not only that, but they couldn't read. So even if they would have had it translated, they, they couldn't read it. They couldn't understand it. And so they started to take some of the major movements, the major stories from the Bible Put it in chronological order, kind of from creation to, you know, the new, new creation at the very end. So all of the, the major story, like creation, fall, uh, the covenant of Abraham, uh, the flood, like all of this stuff. And, and so it doesn't hit every story of the Bible. It's a 10-week thing, but it hits kind of the major ones. And so what they found is it was reaching people. You know, in these tribes, because they would sit around in circles and tell stories. And so they were able to share the story of God in narrative form. Then they brought it back over to the U.S. and said, well, why can't we do this with people in the United States? Well, because we can read and we go to school, right? The problem is that literacy is not as prevalent as you would think. And so I did a little bit of looking. The United States literacy rate for 2022, 21% of adults in the U.S. cannot read at all. And 54% of the adults have a literacy below the sixth grade level. It's kind of shocking to me. So of, of the people that in the U.S., like 75% of the people can't pick up the Bible and just read it for themselves because it's written above a sixth grade reading level or they can't read it at all. And I'm not saying we should, we should stop reading the Bible. Absolutely read it, study it. But this is another way to understand what God is doing is through oral, telling, telling the story orally, right? And we've done this in community, and we're seeing how impactful it is. Because often when we read scripture, we read a few verses, or we read a chapter, and we say, well, what's in it for me? How does that apply to my life today? And that's, that's where we stop. And we, we forget to see the Bible as this grand narrative of God's story that includes all of us. And yes, there's application for us, but we miss kind of the, the forest for the trees. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, we, we went through the story of God a few different times with our missional communities. Uh, the first time we went through it, one of the gals, she'd grown up in church and uh, knew the Bible pretty well. And she's, the very first one, we're talking about creation and how there's two trees in the middle of the garden. The Garden of Eden, God put Adam and Eve there and he put tr- two trees in the, begin- in, in the middle of the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of eternal life. And she's like, no, there's only one tree. I said, no, there's two trees. So she had to go back and look it up and found out that certainly there were two trees. And then we fast forward to another opportunity where we went through the story of God and there was a high school, senior in high school uh, girl that went, went through it with us. And she'd grown up Catholic, didn't really know the Bible, didn't really understand a lot, but she knew a lot of religion. She knew a lot of rules. And so as we went through the story of God, it began to emerge like this theme of God's grace, God's love. God's desire to have a relationship with every person that he's ever created. And then we, we got to the point where we were talking about uh, Nicodemus and Jesus. And we got to discuss, like, how does a person become saved? How does a person receive eternal life? And what is grace all about? And these were conversations we had in a room full of people 
so profound and just life-giving and uh, to just be able to like speak these things out into the room rather than just reading them. So the story of God is one way that we can connect everybody's story to God's greater story. The next rhythm um, is celebrate. Have you ever heard someone say, man, these people know how to party. They must be Christians. <laughs> you ever heard that? Anybody ever heard that? I've never heard it. Usually it's the other way around, like, oh, they don't really like to party. They must be Christians, right? Because so often Christians lack joy, or, or they just don't want to hang around people. They don't want to be around, you know, situations. Maybe there's, there's alcohol, or there's some swearing, or some, you know, whatever, crass jokes going on. Sometimes that associates with parties. But here's the thing. As the people of God, we should be the most celebratory people on the planet. If you're a follower of Jesus, we should be the most celebratory people on planet Earth, right? Because we have so much to celebrate. We know Jesus. We know the God of the universe. We have a relationship with him. We have an inheritance from him. And so Jesus' people know how to party. God's uh, chosen people, Israel, they were... It's funny because they had celebrations, festivals planned into their calendar year. There were seven festivals, feasts, that they would celebrate every year, and God designed that for them because he, he wanted them to celebrate. What did he want them to remember? He wanted them to remember his heart. God's heart for his people is to know him and to enjoy life in him. That's why God gave them the feasts. So I want you to remember every year how great I am, how much I love you, and that you're my special chosen people. And so we think about our lives and how we celebrate. We all celebrate, right? These are things that we do. Anybody just celebrate a holiday a few days ago, Thanksgiving? How about birthdays, anniversaries, graduations? We all live in this rhythm of celebration. We do this all the time. And by the way, there's a couple more coming up, Christmas and New Year's. These are opportunities to bring the gospel into the celebration, to invite people into your party, right, and, and point them to Jesus. This is what we get to do. Uh, this past summer, we, we had a block party. I know I've talked about this a little bit with some of you, but uh, we were new to our neighborhood, and we're like, we want to get to know our neighbors, so we're going to throw a party. No really um, occasion other than just a summer block party. So we got permission from the city to close down our street, and we got the blockades, and just for your information, you can only close down your street one time a year. That's the city's rule. My 10-year-old son, he goes, Dad, I know how we can work around this. Uh, we'll close it down this time, and then the neighbor next door, and then the neighbor next door, and we'll just keep moving down. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be proud of you or concerned right now. Like, my 10-year-old's learning how to work the system already. But, but anyway, we shut down the street, blew up the inflatables, and we invited, we handed off these little cards, and we, 50 people, or 50 cards, we sent all the neighborhood kids out dispersing them. Should have made more, evidently, because some of the neighbors got a little miffed that they didn't get one. Um, but Tim was grilling burgers, and we were out there having a good time, and our whole missional community pitched in, and it was awesome. And we got to know people, and, and they were just like, why are you doing this? Right? Demands a Jesus explanation. Well, we just we want to get to know the neighbors. We love you guys. We want to be a blessing here in the community. But we can celebrate, and celebrating is fun, and it's God's heart for his people. So how about you? Do you like to celebrate? Do you like to go to parties? People like to invite you to their parties? Or are you kind of a killjoy? 
Some of us can be that way. We can be judgmental. We can be negative, not fun to be around. Pretty sure Jesus was always welcome at the party because he brought joy and he brought life. The next rhythm, rhythm is listen. We listen to a lot of stuff in this life, don't we? We listen to music. We listen to podcasts. We listen to news. We listen to other people. We listen all the time. God gave us two ears to listen. The question is, do we listen to him? Do we listen to God? And so we can bring gospel intentionality into this rhythm of listen. There's really a couple of ways to listen. We listen backward to God through his written word as we read scripture. That's listening backward. And we also listen forward as we listen to what the spirit is saying. Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? How do you want me to react? And what, you know, do I take this job? Do I do this thing? And we listen forward to the Holy Spirit. So we can listen backward and forward as we listen to God. Mark 1, 35. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him, and they said to him, everyone is looking for you. So Jesus took time very early in the morning, to go and be with his Father, to be alone with God, to listen. Why did Jesus need to listen? He needed direction. He needed to know what to do. He needed to to be directed by his Father. And so if Jesus needed to listen, I'm pretty sure that we probably could use his help too. And so um, he took time away to listen to what God had to say. Tim and Bridget, could you guys come on up here and share their um, some leaders in our, our church family, and um, they're going to share a story about listening to what God has to say. And I, I won't spoil it. You can just. Thanks. Yeah, as far as um, listening, I, I tend to, probably 100% of the time, read the word and just try to listen to that. I, I think I'm pretty scared of the idea of praying and then saying, okay, God specifically, what do you want me to do? Because is it God talking to me or is it, you know, just some feeling I had? And, and that makes me nervous. That makes me scared. I don't want to make mistakes and screw things up. But um, I think it's true that we do, we do need to do that. And I did that last week uh, for the first time in a while. Um, I was at work and I, I have a friend. He's not a believer. And, um, but he's been really leaning into relationship with me and very interested in the things of the Lord. I, um, he's not scared of my faith, and so I think it was after the teaching w- with Caesar where he was talking about that. Listen, you know, listen, pray, and ask God specific for specific instructions. And um, so I did. I said, Lord, what is the next thing in my relationship with this friend? And I sat there, I'm like, <laughs> listening, you know. Um, but something came to me, and I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is just a feeling or whatever. Maybe some of you know this sort of thing, but um, specifically, I think he said asked this friend to come and help you work on this project at my house that I've been working on. And he, the friend of mine told me in the past he wanted to come and help. So, okay, I'll do that. So I did. I texted him and said, will you come over tomorrow and help me with this? And yeah, I'll be there. So he came over and helped me. Um, and then we went in the house and we had a drink and had some food. And God answered another prayer that I had been praying for this friend, which was, um, I wanted to invite him into a small group. Uh, I meet with two other guys um, weekly, and we read the Bible together and pray for each other. And that would be like a really big ask if I asked him this, and it would be very awkward. Um, so I, I, what I had asked the Lord to do was, um, 
if that was what he had, that God would facilitate um, a natural conversation where that could come up without me being awkward or like, hey. Um, and he did. It, it just it came up very naturally. So I asked him if he wanted to come be in this Bible study group. And almost before I finished asking, he was like, yeah. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's really cool. So um, that really isn't part of the listening part, but it grew out of that listening. You know, I specifically asked God what to do, and he answered, I believe so. But there's a contrast to that, right? So Josh asked us if we would come up and share about listening, and my husband was like, well, could you just pray about it? Because I was like, I don't have anything to say. I don't do this very well. God doesn't speak to me, whatever. Um, He's like, would you just pray? And I was like, fine. So it was like super quick. I was at work on my break and I was like, Lord, what's next with my coworkers? Because they love me at work because I just love on them while, while I'm there. And um, we were hosting Thanksgiving and I felt like I should invite them all. So I did. We have like a group chat and I said, you're all welcome to come to Thanksgiving at my house if you don't have anywhere to go. And um, I got a lot of like, you're the best. That's so great. But nobody showed up. <laughs> so... Was that the Lord? I don't know, but I, I listened, and I felt like that's what I was supposed to do, and so I obeyed. And I just want to say, like, it's not always going to be fireworks and, like, instant answers and, like, the way you think it will be. And also for me, like, that was a step of faith for me to invite them all. And, like, if they all would have shown up, it would have been great, but they didn't. <laughs> this time. Thanks, guys. But how cool is it to... Just be obedient, right? And if God's put something on your heart to just follow through and the results are up to him, we don't have to manipulate the situation. And I think with this listen rhythm, sometimes it's just praying, Lord, what's next? What do you want? And then creating some space for him to speak, to listen. And like Tim, you know, I can relate with that. Like, is this me or is this God? Or, you know, and sometimes the cool thing about listening to the Spirit is we, we have brothers and sisters who also have the Spirit, and so if we think God's telling us something, bounce it off somebody else, right? Like, I don't think uh, God's telling you to go rob that liquor store, like, or, you know, I don't think God's telling you to marry three more wives, you know, so, and it's not going to contradict His Word, His written Word. That is our, our basis for everything that we do, so, but man, we can listen, and we can bring gospel intentionality into this rhythm of listen. The last one I want to talk about is um, recreate, which is really a combination of two words, rest and create. And so this is the idea really of Sabbath, right? Resting, which some of us really struggle to do. Uh, Resting and taking time to just replenish ourselves. God modeled this for us in creation. He created everything and then he took a break, right? And, And God told his people Israel, he said, I want you to take a Sabbath and keep it holy. And really the idea of the Sabbath wasn't just to be very, you know, legalistic about not doing anything. It was resting in the relationship with Him, that He is enough. And so for us as followers of Jesus, if we know Him by faith, it's it's saying, Lord, I'm going to take a day and just rest. I'm going to cease from my striving. We don't have to live like the world where we're running 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We can take a break from what it is that we do our job, our career, whatever, and just rest, replenish. And then from that rest, then we go back to work and we create and we restore beauty to the world around us, right? So this is where this uh, rest and create idea comes from. Um, 
And, and really, it's not just about like, I got to lay on the couch for a whole day straight and I can't do anything. I just got to be still. For me, I, I go out in my garage, I work on motorcycles, cars, I like turning wrenches, welding stuff. That's, that's my Sabbath. I'm replenished, I'm with the Lord. Like it's, it's, a, it's a remembrance that Jesus has done the work for us. And I can rest in that. And I can just have some fun. So we can play, we can rest. This is where that um, recreate comes in. And Austin and Keita, would you come and share a cool story about how they brought some gospel intentionality into this rhythm? I don't know which one of you is going to share, but. Yeah. All right. So, so it goes with the listening. So uh, while I've been sitting here and we discussed what they we were going to be talking it's about. They overlap, it's all good. Right. Yeah. So I will say, that I, I'm glad Tim, I don't know where you are now, but Tim brought up like you should listen in and like, oh, the Lord's going to speak to you and what you should speak about. So I got, I'm going to add a little bit more just to apply. But the one where I want to speak uh, about a friend that we, we have helped in um, meeting Christ was uh, a friend that we met through gaming. And not everybody in here is, you know, plays video games or understands what their grandchildren are doing when they're sitting in front of a TV. I get it. Okay. But um, Austin and I, we like to go on. And it's, called, um, it's called Discord. And it gives you the widest reach to friends all over. And we've made a lot of connections through that. Um, I particularly became friends with a, and they don't, you know, most people don't go by their real name, so we'll call him Mellow, because that's how he goes online, and um, he told me that he grew up in a Catholic church, and like, uh, he knows, like, their rhythms and their routines, right, but they miss that relationship aspect, so when, about a year of working with him, and you know, he, he has a lot of gospel knowledge. He has a lot of Bible knowledge, but he was missing that relationship aspect. Um, so between Austin and I, we were able to work with him on that, and he's finally like, hey, I need help. I just need help. And through the Missio family, like, we were able to give him that help that he needed. But the, the way it came from it was that relationship became came from rest because Austin and I find that rest in gaming and talking with our friends online and stuff like that. Um, so that's the physical aspect of rest. But as the, we, we were talking about, you rest physically, but that's the gaming aspect, but we also have to rest in him. Um, my mom's going to be mad because I told she said, don't make me cry, I'm going to make her cry. So <laughs> uh, resting in what he says. Um, that's taken me a while to, you know, just let those anxieties go and um, being able to be uh, vulnerable. Like, who in here hates showing their vulnerable or fragile side, you know? Like, it's hard, okay? Um, so Austin had to work, but my mom had a, a stroke, and we had been going through a couple different, um, sorry, heart attack, and she had a couple different surgeries she had to do, and we had to go to Minneapolis. Um, the first time, I was very much anxious, and didn't know what to do, and I worried about it, and I'm just like, it's okay, Mom, we, we got it, and we went there, and we were good. Um, luckily, she came out, did well for her first couple months, and the surgery backfired, and we had to go again. So we traveled to Minneapolis, and that time, I let the Lord rest um, my anxieties in Him, and 
my mom, when she went through those doors, and even though I didn't know what was going to happen, I, I just cried. Like, I'm like, it doesn't matter what happens because God's got it. And I could rest my anxieties in that. And um, I have a team between my husband and our miss, uh, missional community that was backing me all the way. So I didn't have control. He had the control the whole time. So That's awesome. Thank you, guys. So my hope is that as we've talked about these rhythms, you, you can begin to see how it's just natural stuff. It's normal stuff that happens in everyday life. And we all live in these rhythms, and we can be super intentional with the gospel. And so if it seems like it's a lot or it's a lot to take in, just, just hang with us, and hopefully um, we can continue to grow in this together as we do life in missional communities. We do life living into our identity, right, as a, as a family of missionary servants. So I hope that this uh, series has been a blessing to you and, and maybe informative, maybe giving you a little bit of a snapshot of who we are as a church. And so uh, we're going to wrap this up, and I, I thank you guys for sharing. Let's thank everybody for coming up here and sharing. All right, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here together today. And just to hear what you're doing in the lives of people, to be reminded that this life of discipleship is it's your plan. Jesus, that you said, come after me, follow me, walk in my ways. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. You'll find rest for your souls. And so, Lord, if we're struggling to find rest, it's not because you don't give it. It's because maybe we're living a little out of sync. Maybe we're living a little too busy, a little, um, maybe our priorities need to be shifted a little bit. And so, God, thanks for the opportunity to just kind of pause, to talk about rhythms, to talk about the kind of life that you've invited us to live. And so, Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here today that just needs, needs to know you in a personal way that maybe doesn't, that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day of new life, new birth. Holy Spirit, we, we are yours. Thank you that you're here with us. That you give us life and breath. And our response to you is worship. What else can we do but worship you for who you are? We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we close?